Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Michelle and Randy and Danny Mac joins us on 101 ESPN. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Everything's good. I'm trying to buy some tickets online for the uh, NFC Championship game, Dan. Are you? Well, <laughs> you may have to go through a broker, I guess, Randy. But, uh, you know, you need to be within the, uh, the city of L.A., I guess, or at least the surrounding area because you don't want to see those 49er fans come to town. Do you think the 49er fans might be able to get through the gates anyway? Oh, I think they're going to find a way. I do. You know, even when they played uh, the game before that, the weekend before, they still traveled well to Texas. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, you know, you stay in your home state, they're going to find a way to get there, and they're going to have friends. They're going to have people selling this stuff. They're going to have people that are on the street selling it. 49er fans will find a way. You know that. I'm amazed because, Dan, you went to playoff games here in St. Louis. I'm amazed that a week before the NFC Championship game that the franchise would have tickets available because every single ticket was sold out in St. Louis before the playoffs started. It it made me think about uh, my friends calling me when the Rams beat the Buccaneers. I guess that was, what, 22 years ago yesterday, right? That's correct. Over the weekend. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and trying to find a way into the dome, and they couldn't. And these are people that were willing to spend the amount of money that uh, you wouldn't think you'd want to spend for a ticket to go watch a game. So I- I'm with you. It's uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens uh, next weekend with uh, that crowd. But uh, great football over the weekend. It was a lot of fun. Um, guys, by the way, Lindsay Theory, who covers the Rams, I just found this because I had come across it last night. She tweeted this. The get-in price for Rams Niners in the NFC Championship games is at $600 right now, according to Vivid Seats. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. The fact that it, to even get in, that's the baseline. And why wouldn't you try to sell it and make a profit right, off of that? Yeah. If you're not as emotionally invested, I would definitely try to turn that over. Well, I know people that have season tickets for various sports, and they have them specifically to when the teams go into postseason play. Like, they don't really have a vested interest in that team, but they make sure that they have the postseason tickets. And when they want to go in a regular season game, they'll, they'll go. But then they, you know, stub hub the rest of the tickets. And then when the playoffs come, they say, I'd rather watch it on TV. And I'm talking about various sports, and they sell their tickets, and it pays for their season tickets for the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there's people that do do that, and uh, I'm sure if you're a 49ers fan, you can find a way in there. Well, Dan, let's talk a little baseball. We're waiting for both sides to work things out and end this lockout, and I'm, we're assuming that the DH is going to be part of that. We spoke. To I figured most people were on the edge of their seat throughout the weekend about this as opposed yeah. to what they were seeing on television with football and yes. basketball. We were, Dan, without a doubt. Uh, but we and spoke- hockey. And hockey, too. Let's go Blues. Yes. Well, we spoke to Xavier Scruggs last week, and he thinks that Kyle Schwarber would be a perfect option for the Cardinals at DH. Do you think that the club will look for that option internally, or do you think they'll go externally to find a DH? I think there's two ways you could look at it, Michelle. One is to say, okay, 
if you go out and get a Kyle Schorber, it's going to be a multi-year deal. You're going to spend millions of dollars, and I'm fine with that. I'd love to see a left-handed thumper in that lineup. And for the immediate right now um, and 2022, it would seem like that would be a great fit for the Cardinals. However, I'm also trying to put myself in the seat of the, the front office and thinking ahead. It's not only about the now, but it's in the future. I've got Nolan Gorman and I've got Jordan Walker coming. Uh, potentially, I'm going to have Paul DeYoung coming off my bench, maybe Lars Newpar. So am I better off trying to mix and match and saving that money and allocating it towards relief help, maybe another starter, um, looking at another issue that I may have with my team that I feel is more deficient than others, or do I just say, look, I'm going for it, and I'm getting Kyle Schwarber. But the thing is, or somebody else, the thing is, it's probably a multi-year deal. And then when you're doing that, where does where all the chips fit? And that's a great problem to have. And I'm not saying he doesn't fit with your team, because he does. Right now, you could pencil him right in the middle of your lineup as the DH. And by the way, I think the DH will be the easiest thing that they have to figure out during the CBA. I think both sides will agree to it. But um, is is that something that you want Instead of, would he be blocking, let's say, Nolan Gorman or somebody else? Or do you have to get creative and start moving some pieces to make that fit? And that's, I think, the situation that they have to to be answering right now. But if you're asking me, is he a fit? Absolutely. Hey, Dan, we had Wayno on the show on Friday. And he said, hey, we're all working out. We're going to be good to go when spring training starts, whenever that is. You go to spring training every year. And spring training, I think we can all agree, is too long. What's a, if the players are in shape, what's a good length of time for a spring training to be? Like, what would the shortest that it could be where they could start the season on April 1st and still have the, the agreement take place? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of thinking about it, Randy. I would have guessed like March 1st, March 2nd. And at that point, you can get your three to three and a half weeks in and then get to the cities that you have to get to to start the season. Um, I think for the position players, you know, even some of the guys with the Cardinals, I was talking with the fast lane about this. I was talking to some of them after the Dodger game. They had gotten home and they were back working out within 24 hours. So. They were taking BP. Some guys just dropped the bat for a couple of weeks. But generally speaking, um, position players are getting after it. They're in the gym. They're taking their BP. And with pitchers, a lot of guys, they they say, hey, I'm not going to pick up a ball until December, until Christmas, until the first of the year. And Wayno's 100% right. I mean, those guys know what they have to do for the most part, the majority of them, what they have to do to be ready for the season. Now, What's interesting is that you would have, like, the start of spring training, say, be February 13th, 14th, 15th, and that, um, that you know, three-day window for most teams, and then guys are on a schedule. Okay, you're going to throw a bullpen on Tuesday. You're going to have another one on Friday. Our first game is on Monday, and you're, you're starter number one. You're piggybacking that guy. You're number two, and you're on the same thing, and you're building up. So I'm sure those guys are going to build up a little bit more at the end of February if we do not have camp and then be ready to go for March. So I would say three weeks, and neither side wants to miss games, and that's when you're really starting to talk about the financial hit for some of these teams So I'm uh, and players. So I'm assuming that uh, players would say, look, I'll push it, and I'll be ready in three weeks, and we can get this thing going. Dan, another thing that Wayno pointed out to us was that in addition to not being able to talk to the coaches, these players aren't able to talk to trainers, they're not able to talk to team doctors. And I know right. this is a lockout and that both sides have to stop working and stop communication, but you would think that there would be some sort of caveat in place when it came to the health and training and preparation of these guys because they are an investment for the for the league and the owners. Well, sure they are. And, you know, we're talking about Randy asking the question about when you can get ready 
you know, physically to play. You know, remember, the union has got like 13, 1,400 players, and a good chunk of those guys are not signed. So part of what you're saying is the physical aspect, Michelle, of getting guys ready and, you know, are they ready? Are they doing what they're supposed to be doing? And normally these teams, like the trainers and whatnot, are always checking in, you know, every couple of weeks, every week, especially with guys that are hurt. For some guys, they they change their training regiment, so they get them ready in a different way and always are checking in on a Zoom or a phone call. But the other thing is when these guys are not signed, you know, you're talking about these players having to relocate potentially, get a get a place to live, and for some of these players coming from outside the United States, you know, getting a visa, uh, getting into the country and getting settled. So there's a lot of things that need to happen outside of just even between the white lines that would benefit everybody to get this thing done sooner rather than later. Dan McLaughlin has a great deal of disdain, like we do, for the National Football League. <laughs> but, Dan, how hard is it for you to turn away from the product? As much as you hate the business. Oh, I can't. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I, I, yeah, for sure hate the the business side of this, but, you know, watching the Chiefs and the Bills last night was as good as sports watching, I think, that you can have. I mean, I'm with you. I don't watch the full game usually. Um, I usually will check in towards the end and, and see what's going on. I have lost that luster for my viewing. I used to just sit down and watch uh, the what is it? The Red Zone Channel. Like my son does it every Sunday. He's sitting there in front of the TV and doing his fantasy league and doing all that stuff. I, I check in and out, but um, that that game last night, you know, Chiefs forty two thirty six in OT is about as good as it gets. I don't like the overtime rule. I wish the NFL would change that because to not have Josh Allen touch the ball in OT is kind of absurd. But you know what? The Bills can look in the mirror and say. With 13 seconds left, how do you not squib a kickoff and take some time off the clock and and call a prevent defense? So, but that again, that's the beauty of what we're talking about today. I can't imagine what's going on in Western New York today or last night, mm-hmm. um, and some of the tough losses that that fan base has had. And me being a baseball guy, I, I'll be honest, I was sitting there going, "This is as good as it gets," and I love baseball. But, man, let's get this thing going because look at what's happening with the sports viewing in our country. You're watching college basketball. You're watching blues hockey late last night. You're watching the great games that the NFL is providing. You know what? When that's done, when the NFL ends, that final tick of the clock in the Super Bowl, to me, it's baseball season. So let's go. Hey, Dan, one final thing. Michelle and I are both uh, sporting the colors of the St. Louis U. Billikens today. You did the Billiken game yesterday on USA, a win over UMass. I, I wish I could figure this team out. They lose to UMass on Thursday night. Then they come man, back oh, and man. trample UMass yesterday. It, they they had Auburn. To me, that's the one that's going to kill them for the committee because you're up by 12 against Auburn with seven and a half minutes left. If you win that game, that's the win you needed. And now, uh, number one, I can't figure them out. But number two, I think they have to win their tournament to get to the tur- to the NCAA tournament. Thinking about that during the game, actually, Randy, I mean, they were up by two with four and a half minutes to go in the first half. And then they win by, what, 31, 32 points, whatever it was. I mean, they blew them out, and it wasn't even close. Um, and I'm sitting there going, and the, the gentleman I worked with, uh, Sidney Johnson, a former coach, and we were talking afterwards, I said, how did, how did SLU lose against UMass? And he said, I have no idea. He said, when you're watching that game today, when they were on the road, they should have won by 10 or 15. That can't happen. They did not make an adjustment in the second half of the game on Thursday night. They did make the adjustment yesterday. Gibson Jimerson had an outstanding game with 31 points. Uh, Jordan Nesbitt, who he he is so athletic, the kid that is from this area, transferred from Memphis, his first double-double. 
and you watch offensively, they're not trying to like run plays for him and sets for him. He just is making things happen, and he was so efficient in that game with a double-double in about 15 or 20 minutes. But I'm with you. Uh, I, I look at some of the losses that they've had, and they sting a bit, man. You, certainly Auburn is number one on that list when you had them. But then when you have a UAB mm-hmm. um, and you, you've got some other teams that you had on the ropes at home that you should have won. Now, they did beat Iona. That's a good win. But some of the others, I'm with you. It's going to be tough when you have those kind of losses like a UMass on the road. UMass is no good. Uh, UMass may not win a game on the road this year. So, they only have one win in conference play, and that was against SLU. So I'm with you. They're going to have to do some big-time run here and get on a run. And I was talking to the coaching staff before the game about that. But uh, once they get in um, to that postseason tournament, it might be win or bust. We'll have, we'll have to see. Can you do me a favor? Next time you do a Billikens game, when Jimerson hits a three, can you go, oh, big game, give me Jim. I can come up with something. I'm not going to use that. That's terrible. Come on. That's what, I, well, you had uh, the, the, the Tim Linscombe, right? Big game Timmy Jim, right? So big game Gibby Jim, Gibson Jimmerman? Look, Gibson Jimerson. This is the problem. When you start doing things like that, mm-hmm. and you know this, Randy, doing play-by-play, now it's going to stick in my mind. <laughs> and I'm going to start saying, and there's a three from Jimmy Gibberson. No. I mean, Gibson Jimerson. Big game I mean, Gibby Jimmy Jim. Jimmy. Yeah, you can't do that to me. That's like when you have a guy's name that is a little, you know, they it may be spelled one way, but certainly said another. But mm-hmm. if you said it like you think it might be, you know, said, it's all of a sudden ingrained in, in, in your ingrained in your brain. See, I'm, now I'm doing it. It's ingrained <laughs> in your brain, and you can't get it out of your mind. And then all of a sudden, in the heat of the moment, you say, "There's the three, and all of a sudden, you go, "Oh no." I just said that guy's name, and that's like a cuss word. Mm-hmm. And that's really not supposed to be said like a cuss word. I'm in deep trouble. And now you've just done that for me with Gibson Jimerson. I always have trouble with shiitake mushrooms. That's a Well, I can understand why. <laughs> I do, too. That's why sometimes in a baseball game you'll notice if it's that guy's name, if, if it was like shiitake, I would say shiitake with the pitch. I just kind of draw it out and make sure I say it right. Right, exactly. You know, I don't want to say it. Wrong. You know what I mean. Yep. You're you the can't best. do that, Bernard. You, it, it's, uh, you know, if I, I sit there and I talk to, the, to Bernie Federico, I always say, Bernard, you can't do that. You cannot do that, Bernard. That's my <laughs> statement always when people say that kind of, I said, you can't say it like that. No, no, no. And now you got me in trouble. Sorry. Dan- yeah, thanks a lot. That's going to be Wednesday night. Tune in, everybody, on Valley Sports <laughs> to see the end of my career. <laughs> and we'll see you there. All right, buddy. Sounds good. Thanks, Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Randy. Michelle, if I don't... I'll see you Friday, Michelle. Yes, Dan, I'll see you in studio on Friday. Looking forward to it. Why is Randy taking the day off? Uh, It's Joan's birthday weekend. It's Jonapalooza. Oh, nice. You got any big plans? To go I.O.? Uh, no, uh, uh-uh. we're gonna go yeah. see that thing at the uh, uh, on the parking lot of the Galleria. It was from artists. Oh, the Van Gogh exhibit. Yeah. It's awesome. I've been there. Yeah, I got to cover my ears. No, just one. You just said oh, do that one. thing in the parking lot of. Oh, yeah. You need to be specific. You need to, yeah, you're going to look at paintings. Yeah, we're going to go see the Van Gogh exhibit. Okay. All right. Well, enjoy yourself, He's, Randall, if I don't talk to you. Yeah, my, Mike Tyson Van Gogh, the guy. <laughs> really? He did. He <laughs> certainly, a lot of guys. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you later, Dan. All right, guys. Have a good one. Danny Mack with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffel Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.
Let me guess. Unknown caller. You could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection. The latest innovation from Discover will help regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And we'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection.